Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, sponsored by the High Speed Alliance, the premier community for doctors and dentists seeking financial and time freedom, as well as creating a family, multi-generational legacy. My name is Dr. Forrest Bryant, CEO of the High Speed Alliance. On this podcast, we interview guests on a broad range of topics and help guide our community to improving their business, finances, family, and lifestyle. We are here to help you go further, faster, together. Buckle up, because we're about to blast off. Welcome to the High Speed Alliance. This is your this is your host, Forrest Bryant. I got the High Speed Podcast, and uh, we are really excited to have a, a great guest on the show today, Mark Jackson. How are you doing today, Mark? Forrest, doing absolutely positively outstanding. It is a, a cloudy outside, but I always refer to that the little rain is coming down as liquid sunshine. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you, you are liquid sunshine. You're always got a, got a huge smile and uh, have, have, have a lot of love and uh, it very evident that you, you love your, your fellow man so much. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased uh, uh, to know you and, and to have done business with you for, uh, we were talking about this the other day. It's probably been four or five years that we've known each other and, and been doing business. So it's, uh, it's, it's been, been great. But uh, to our listeners, we appreciate you guys. We've got a great show for you today. Um, if you want, if you want to know more about your your path to freedom and legacy, uh, stay stay tuned because we got some really good stuff. So, uh, Mark, so let's jump right into uh, you know let's start with uh, t- we're going to do a little high level on the business and then we're going to kind of go back into the personal. But uh, just for the listeners, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, Investor Comps Online and then also your real estate arm of that. Uh, you know, Atlanta Discount Home Deals. Why don't you kind of give us a little bit of High level on that, and then we'll go. Then we'll go personal. Absolutely. Thanks so much again for the invitation to care and share with everybody. Uh, investor comps basically is a product of the desire of investors that I work with during my appraising career. Um, basically, as I started doing uh, appraisals for lenders, I had the good fortune that some of the loan officers introduced me to some of their investor clients. And the investors really wanted to get a dynamic and understand what deals they were investing in, what was the value on them, but in a little bit different way because they were going to be income-producing properties or homes that they were going to flip very quickly. So they wanted to know they were buying right. And in some cases, I would do—I would actually not so much give them feedback on the value of the property, but maybe some things regarding functional obsolescence, the number of permits that are being issued in a certain market area, maybe location. And so investors started asking me, how can we value properties the same way you do and, 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 and protect ourselves from maybe what other appraisers or other investors are telling us about value? So I couldn't be in all those places at one time. And that's what was the impetus to create Investor Comps, which basically is a online subscription service that provides real estate valuation data for all of the major market areas across the country, as well as a really solid support desk with teams that are on there uh, supporting and helping with valuation data, as well as on-demand training for wholesaling, uh, working with government houses, maybe uh, finding buyers, or even uh, trying to identify private money. And as a result of being engaged with those investors those many, many years ago, I discovered that yes, I was making a good living as an appraiser, but there was some substantial wealth building that could be done, long-term income, passive income, that I could be engaged in from the fruits of my appraisal business 
develop my own legacy for family and, you know, for that, that day when I really didn't want to be engaged in doing uh, appraising or, or investing. And maybe I just wanted to go hang out at Augusta uh, National during the week and, and watch the golfers play and stuff like that or, or go play myself or just be able to enjoy time with my family and, and grandchildren and ch actually my children and, and nieces and good friends. And so uh, those are the dynamics that actually came as a result of it, creating investor comps and then Atlanta Discount Home Deals was just a platform to build my own portfolio. But then I found that I was doing such a good job with different coaching students and myself of developing uh, potential leads for long-term hold assets or quick flip assets in a number of market areas. It was essential that I find different ways to develop capital for others to benefit from a lending position or from a turnkey owner's position to take advantage of all the leads I had coming my way that basically didn't want to just let them go into the black hole somewhere. It's like, look, someone else can benefit from this. How can we do that? So that's where Atlanta Discount Home Deals came from. We're further branded as America's Discount Home Deals. And we do deals in about 18 markets, states across the country, and very strategically, whether they're uh, long-term assets or maybe quick flip assets or even assets that can be turnkey, those that other clients can engage in, invest, and build their own portfolio. So the two are wonderfully positioned to complement one another. Uh, that's great. I appreciate you kind of going over that. So investor comps, does, I, know, I know you have some international um, investors. Does it, is investor comps, is that only mainland U.S.? Or do you, do you go outside? Do you go, are you going global? Or are you going outside the mainland U.S.? I actually, the, our data for pulling comps is definitely the U.S. market, Guam, uh, uh, Puerto Rico, stuff like that. Obviously, Alaska, Hawaii, all the, the continental United States, the remaining uh, non-continental United States, and then some of the territories. So we have data in that way. But I have worked with uh, Jakarta, Indonesia, their finance committee, helping them uh, doing valuation for properties because some of the core principles of valuation apply to Europe as well as Australia. I've done some work in Africa, Monte Carlo, uh, Scotland, and again, uh, other countries where you take the principles, but you apply what's unique about the market. As an example, very, very briefly, uh, in Italy, in particular, let's talk about just a city like Milan. Um, one of the things that drives valuation there is proximity to the metro line, okay? But you can have a newer building that's close or a block away from the metro line that will have a lower valuation than an older building, okay, that maybe someone historical lived in that building. So it's beyond just the, the, the flat, the room, stuff like that. It's what's tied to that physical structure as a historical component. And folks, if you don't, you know, if you don't realize those dynamics, you could actually position yourself to be paying more or less than you would for a project, or you could be missing the opportunity to be in a building that has that historical dynamic and be willing to pay a little bit more, but, no, but you understand that the valuation is actually gonna increase more over time beyond just location and proximity. So there's some really fun stuff. Uh, and again, I don't expect folks to know this, just come to me when you have those questions because I absolutely love it. Well, you, you, you bring up a good point there just as far as, you know, uh, you know, a lot of our, our, our listeners and our clients are, uh, they're, they're, they're physicians and they're dentists and, you know, they're, they're busy. And so, you know, that, that's where I love uh, the, the, 
the philosophy and the thinking to leverage with somebody who's an expert in what they do. And, uh, you know, just the, you know, the things that you shared are applicable to, uh, you know, investing in, in markets around the U S there's no way, uh, that we can know everything about every single, every single market, but working with somebody like you that has the, uh, the, the expertise and the access to the data is really, really critical. Um, so let's take a step back and let's, uh, let's, let's go personal here a little bit, you know, tell us, uh, uh, tell me or tell our listeners a little bit about your family. And uh, I know, I know legacy is really important to you and family is really important. And I know you're a man of faith. So share a little bit, a little, little, pull the curtain back a little bit on uh, who, who, who's the real MJ. Well, I tell folks, I'm just a punk kid from a little place called Neptune, New Jersey. Uh, grew up on the shore. My dad was a chef, my mother, uh, a wonderful homemaker, uh, went to college. Uh, on a uh, quasi swimming scholarship because I love uh, being in the water. Swimming's been something that's been a great, great passion in my life down at Fort Valley State College. Finished up there, uh, actually went into hospitality, worked for Church's Chicken for a number of years. And uh, evidently, it, 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 it took a couple of significant incidents for me to realize that that wasn't where I was supposed to be after getting robbed at gunpoint three times. It w- the first time wasn't enough, it took two more. Uh, for me to figure out that just wasn't where I needed to be. Transitioned uh, back into education, got my accounting degree, uh, wound up at RPS, which is a roadway package system, a subsidiary of roadway services, and they were a competitor of UPS. And in 1997, UPS went on strike, and I lost my cushy little corner office job uh, in the air-conditioned systems uh, at our hub, out on the dock, teaching drivers how to load vans and read maps and go deliver packages and with the promise uh, for us that as soon as the strike was over, we'd be back inside the building and it never, ever, (laughs) ever happened. I wound up being in operations uh, for the next year and a half and decided, look, I needed to do something different. But during that time frame, probably just a couple of years before, I had bought my first home, was at the closing table and discovered the appraisal. Uh, I I have different things. I love technology. I love software and things of that nature. And I I turned to my wife at the close table. I said, I have no idea what this is, but I could do it. And so the idea of being or doing appraisal work was in the back of my mind for three years. So I took a buyout in 99, uh, started my own appraisal firm in the year 2000. And basically, I've never looked back. It's been the most amazing walk that's taken me to six continents, I've engaged with thousands of people, uh, both uh, those that have, I've been able to engage and teach and show them how to do real estate, kind of boots on the ground themselves. And then those practice professionals, other individuals, uh, both domestically and internationally, that just want to grow their resources through this wonderful commodity called real estate. And it's been my joy to do so. As a result, uh, I've been able to have a wonderful family life. Uh, I enjoy the game of golf. Uh, Most recently, I've started competing in uh, Ironman competitions, those wonderful races that people see on TV over in Hawaii, stuff like that. And it's added so much uh, life to my years, along with being just a dad, a good friend, a grandparent, which is a joy sharing with them. And now this idea of building lasting legacy, not just in terms of assets, but in terms of knowledge. I, I recently read a quote by Confucius, and it basically said, if your plan is uh, one year, plant rice. If your plan is 10 years, plant trees. 
if your plan is 100 years, teach your children. And I just think that is so appropriate in terms of adding and providing wisdom and knowledge to those that we engage and touch bases with. It's a message that I, I've enjoyed and uh, just having the opportunity to share here, but it's one I continue to share now as a means of ways to really paint that picture of what true legacy is about. It's about teaching, caring, and sharing with knowledge that helps support and undergird a foundation for those that come behind us. That's great stuff, great stuff. Uh, you, you're always bringing some incredible information, MJ. I love it. Um, so let's, let's get into some practical things now. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about appraisals. So, um, you know, give us, you know, give give us some, uh, some, some high level tips that maybe, uh, on the, you know, we're on the public side here. So this is uh, out for, out for the world to listen to. Uh, but you know, if somebody's a new investor and they're looking at appraisals, I mean, what are, you know, what are the, what are the top things they need to check out or, you know, what are some, um, uh, some, some, some areas that they need to really kind of look deep or areas that are commonly uh, missed or some mistakes that are making, made by uh, review and appraisals? So, you know, one of the unique things that, that, that on occasion I still get the question probably about once or twice a month is, um, look, I, I'm, I've got a deal. I'm working on it. Uh, the people, we've renovated the house. The people are buying it. They got their loan. And we set a, a contract price. And now the appraisals come back less than what the purchase price is. We, we try to do our analysis very, very carefully. And now I've got this appraisal. It's, you know, it's 10000 it's $15,000, $20,000 lower than what we set the contract price at. And I'm about to lose all my profit on this deal. What can I do? So we'll basically pull that appraisal. And mo most commonly what we find is not so much that the appraiser that did the report is way off basis on the comparables that they selected, but that they haven't been provided enough information to know, one, the improvements that were made to the property. Those improvements are significant component that add value to the unit. Uh, sometimes the comparables that are, that are sold, they basically are not the same in terms of being marketably um, one to what uh, apples to apples because of the improvements to the house. Um, the systems have been improved. The roof has been improved. The uh, Certainly maybe the countertops, kitchens, bathrooms, things of that nature. And those things are valuable data that once the appraiser has that in their hand, they can see, okay, this is actually a full market renovated property that I need to select different comparables from to make a real substantial. Because most appraisers, they're, they're either, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and share this. Either they're good appraisers that analyze data very effectively, but don't really have the gift of marketing so they don't get much work. And then there's those that can really crank out a bunch of appraisers really fast, um, maybe have a gift to gab, get a lot of business, but they're not really good appraisers in terms of analyzing and, and taking the time to provide the care necessary for each and every project. And th those are basically the, the funnels that two fall in. You'll see an appraisal that have three comparables, you'll have three listings, and have an average of value, boom, it's done. There's no extra comments or details about, in particular, an existing property that's been renovated, that's been enhanced to actually go to the market. So those are one of the core things that we see. So always be prepared. Um, maybe if you need to show up on the day the appraisal is coming out for the project that you're working on and provide them information about what you actually spent to improve that property, in particular, the systems are the most important things. We don't always look at 
uh, and we appreciate how pretty a house is, but you really are not going to be in a situation that will get beyond the home inspection and the appraisal if you don't have make sure the electrical is all updated, the plumbing's updated, the HVAC, and in particular the roof. Those are the four systems that are very important to a property that an appraiser may need if in fact that value hasn't come in exactly where you, where, where you thought it would be or where you would want it to be to be profitable on that deal. So that's one of the baseline things that we do uh, or comes up when it comes to valuation and how we deal with those review appraisals or appraisals that have been done on a property that's being marketed. So good, good tips there. So do you recommend that the real estate investor has a scope of work and receipts and everything to present uh, to, to the appraiser? Absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, you're not always going to be able to influence them. You don't want to say, well, this is what I think the value is, but providing them enough data so that they can make really intelligent decisions is the ideal position to be in, without a doubt. Very good. Good stuff. So, uh, well, talk to us about, um, you know, we're always trying to, you know, keep a, keep a really good eye on what's going on in the big market and then also in the, uh, in the real estate market and keeping an eye on uh, all the different little pockets uh, that, that, that are going on. So you work in so many different markets, you know, give us a, you know, give us a overview of, you know, where do you feel like, are you, you know, where, where you feel like we are right now? What, are you noticing any changes in any of the markets that you're working in? Give us a, uh, I guess first, you know, tell us, you know, what, what markets are you predominantly in and um, are you, you know, what are you noticing there? You know, it's, it's really a good question because uh, most often my international clients, when, when I'm actually taking time to travel and actually go see them, or if we jump on a Zoom session or something like that, they'll ask me, you know, how's the U.S. market going? And it, inevitably, my response is there isn't a U.S. real estate market. Uh, it is very, very localized. Overwhelmingly, there is not, there's not even a New Jersey market or a California market or a New York market or a Texas market. We're talking about you have to break it all the way down in a number of cases, almost to beyond state, beyond county, city, but even neighborhood is a unique thing that you're working with. Now, I can give just an example. Uh, we realized that in 2017, there was a hurricane, Harvey, that went through the city of Houston and had significant impact, not just in the suburbs, but also downtown. So there's, there are still neighborhoods that have, or they're in a recovery phase, but those price points and how they're being uh, now appreciated in terms of value, or even the neighborhoods that haven't had the same amount of attention that others have, the values in there are very, very different. So being on the ground and looking at your own individual market area takes a measure of care. But it also works a little bit differently. I have clients that live in one market area, but we have them investing in different market areas. Um, some of it uh, because it's our lead or some of it because of their own affinity for a certain area. I'll give you an example. I have clients that actually live in Sarasota, Florida, but they are retired uh, in the, uh, what is it, the, uh, not military, but uh, police, the local municipality in terms of having been detectives, stuff like that, in the Baltimore market. Well, they live there, grew up there in Maryland, those market areas in Baltimore, for more than half of their lives, although now they live in Sarasota. So we do some investing in the Sarasota market, but we do the greater amount of investing in that Baltimore market. So we look at um, what's being done in terms of opportunity zones, 
We look at what's being done in terms of the housing authority. We look at what's being done in terms of, um, in not just um, in, uh, well, opportunity zones, empowerment zones, and those areas, I'm trying to think of the right word, please excuse me, that's gonna be more broad, but um, areas that actually are looking for regentrification. So those that have experienced some measure of blight, but now through tax sales, through opportunities where people are just willing to let that property go, we look at specific neighborhoods, in some cases, block by block by block to determine where we want to invest. Was, is it going to be a property that we can renovate, fix, and flip? Or if it's one that we want to do as a long-term hold because it has a, a better rental capacity in that particular market area. And using investor comps, we can go and track the buyers and sellers. We also can get information about what type of transaction are taking place there, whether they're uh, arm's length transactions or discounted sales, foreclosures, things of that nature. But every market area that in, an individual might be interested in, we can actually break it down by, by a county, zip code, and even down to the neighborhood so that you can individually with confidence know, I need to jump on this deal and do it, or I need to run like hell because it's just not gonna work. And so when we talk about the markets where we're seeing good success, that there's being growth and stability, and I'll just speak just to the long-term hold because there's always little pockets where you can do flips, but really those markets where you can actually get in, acquire something, and hold it for a long term are gonna, amazingly, is gonna be the local market area of Detroit. And I'll, I'll be a little more specific, anywhere between Three Mile Road and Seven Mile Road. That's just basically a, a delineation point in there. If you can get anything in a residential market in between those and certain pockets around Detroit, very good investment to make. Now, one of the other areas that we're seeing really good success in uh, as a stable market is right in your backyard for us, Huntsville and Decatur, Alabama. Very, very stable markets, lots of neighborhoods where you can go in and acquire properties at a discount that you know there's going to be uh, excellent blue-collar workers there with Toyota and some of the other plants that have been there providing solid jobs and work that's going to be sustainable for a long period of time. One of the other markets that we're really excited about right now is Gary, Indiana. Not the, um, not the Maryville, not the outside parts that are just kind of uh, squeaky clean, but I'm talking about going in on the ground, some of these areas that have been left challenged because the steel plants are going away, but there's a core base of neighborhoods that can be acquired uh, close to the university that is thriving, that are now uh, income properties for the students and others that are working in that market are very stable. Uh, again, I, I think I already mentioned Baltimore is a good place to be. Uh, the Metro Atlanta market is very, very solid, especially the Southern Crescent for long-term hold discounted acquisitions below Interstate 20. We call it the Southern Crescent around uh, the metro, metro area of Atlanta. And then the Tampa area market is very, very solid also for long-term holds. Little places uh, in St. Pete, Clearwater, uh, coming over to Ruskin, uh, Plant City, all those little market areas, as well as Ybor City inside uh, Tampa and uh, Old Seminole Heights, not Seminole Heights, but Old Seminole Heights is very good. Those are little pockets that you can identify really solid assets to invest in that are gonna provide long-term income as well as legacy when you hold on to those and transfer those assets to family members down the road. 
Thank you, MJ. That was great information. I hope everybody was taking taking some good notes there. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna I'm just we're gonna kind of come to the end here on, uh, but don't go anywhere. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll this over to the to the members only section, and, and we're gonna keep going, MJ. But before we do that, uh, give me uh, your definition of freedom. I heard it this weekend, but I want uh, I want you to share that with our listeners. Uh, it, it is it, it is one that has been shared, but I absolutely positive believe in this. I, I, I thoroughly um, enjoy being in that space and wish it for everyone that has it, that you can do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, where you want. Those four components really do make the difference. It's It's just that ability to choose. It takes some work to get there. It does not happen overnight. But when you can define it in that way, in my opinion, that is one of the most eloquent and enjoyable and fruitful ways to experience freedom. Love it. Uh, you already gave us a quote, so I won't ask you for another one, but you have a, uh, uh, you asked me the other day, but what, do you, what are you reading right now? I, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying reading Extreme Leadership, um, some Navy SEALs that put that book together, and I'm also reading The 10X Rule by uh, Grant Cardone. Love those two books, the knowledge that they're sharing and coming with me. And always, always, always uh, want to keep the, the wonderful Bible close at hand. And that book of Proverbs, there's so much knowledge in there. I always lean towards Proverbs 3, 5. Lean not to your own understanding, but all of thy ways, trust in the Lord. Uh, there's, been, there's been a few years and things in there I've leaned to my own understanding, and I can assure you it never works. <laughs> Great stuff, MJ. Well, don't go anywhere. Uh, to our listeners, uh, I hope you got a lot of value out of that. Uh, MJ was really bringing it. If, you, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, uh, Mark Jackson, how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. The best way is we have some contact information on Investor Comps, www.investorcomps.com, I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R-C-O-M-P-S.com, investorcomps.com. Um, uh, there's uh, our support desk there. You can reach out, support at investorcomps.com. One of my team members will grab the information. We're glad to get back in touch with you. Perfect. Uh, thank, thanks, MJ. Uh, thank you for listening today, guys. I hope you got a lot out of that. And uh, we're going to roll over to the, uh, to the members only section. But uh, uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, thank you for uh, letting us guide you on your path to your own freedom and legacy. So we'll, uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, MJ. All righty. All right. You good? Good stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Let's just keep rolling here. Okay, cool. Nice All right. Rolling, rolling to the members only side. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to the High Speed Podcast. Our guest today is Mark Jackson. Mark, uh, MJ, affectionately called, uh, crushed it on the, on the front side. So on the back side, MJ, this is just... Uh, uh, sometimes I talk about just a couple couple guys sit, sitting on the beach watching the sunset and uh, have, having a having a cold beverage. So um, let's uh, uh, you know let, let let's go let's go a little deeper here. Okay, so uh, let's talk about um, you gave you gave a, a lot of great information on all the different markets that you're working on. Let's go a little deeper. Let's talk about um, you, know, you know you you talked about that 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 those, those growth markets and that long term investing. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, you know, what you particularly are doing. I mean, obviously I know, um, you know, you, you are, you are all in, uh, with single family, uh, but, it, uh, I know you are also 
cross-pollinate, and I love that term for our, our, our consultants in our, in our group, but I know you also invest into other people's deals and you go outside of the thing that, that, you're, that you were looking at. So, you know, what are you investing in and what other areas do you like right now? Sure. So there's, uh, like most folks, one of the things I actually enjoy is those other deals that are brought to me to look at um, for opportunities. And so I've taken advantage of several syndications in the multifamily space. Um, there's a, one in particular I've been really pleased with in Lubbock, Texas. And I have to give credit to Stephen Hatcher and his guy, Joe. Oh, gosh. Goslin. Goslin, yes. Mm -hmm. Nuss, yes. He helped me get in that deal. And it's just been, it's just bared really good fruit. So um, those are dynamics where uh, you actually, you know, you're looking at other things that are coming across your inbox or folks that we know, like, and trust that, that we engage in. Uh, right now, I'm also looking to engage with um, one of the gentlemen up in my home or birth city, uh, Eric Shelley. He's actually working on a deal that has, uh, it's basically a short-term lending. It's uh, funding the opportunity for individuals to uh, fund short-term loans and basically the interest, the way they do the loans, the, 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 the client that borrows, they actually have to provide uh, the dynamics of having their ACH, where the account is hit every day to pull back a portion of principal and interest. So not necessarily secure deals, but very, very highly um, uh, leveraged individuals where they're vetted very, very carefully. They know that their business is going to function, it's going to produce income, and then those resources can come back. So that's something that he and I are working on. I'm excited to get involved with that. One of the other things that I've gotten involved in is, you know, the, the cannabis industry is just growing, growing, growing. And while I didn't want to necessarily do uh, work in the industry, I was able to recently get involved with a marketing website. So something that's tangible, that has a URL, um, not necessarily a secured investment, but something that. Uh, in the medical marijuana space, not the recreational, but the medical ma ma marijuana space is being very fruitful. So the valuation uh, that I got in on the website itself has actually grown sevenfold, and that's been over uh, only a few months. So I'm excited about how that's going and where it's going. So a little bit more diversified dynamic there. And then I'm still investing in other people's deals. So they have some flips that are going on. I actually will take a little bit of capital, be a lender, and be involved in those transactions there. So those, those are kind of some of the, the pots that I delve in, as well as, of course, doing my own deals as well. But it's, it's really unique uh, for just the dynamic of being involved in Mastermind, a community like HSA, um, or, or my group GoBundance, where we're actually always looking at where uh, other people are bringing their value, be, doing their give, so that we all can grow in ways outside of our own niche. I, you know, the one thing that's been a blessing to me is just that, that I'm not relying on my own business to produce income, but that there's individuals out there that have expertise, a knowledge different and uh, broader than mine to give me opportunity to continue to grow resources uh, that will, again, produce fruit for family, for my wife, for my kids. Um, even, even I, I go so far as talking about um, uh, Walter Walford is a guy that's helped us under, uh, gain access to inherited IRAs. So I've been able to acquire several of those uh, for not only my children, but also for my grandsons. And now we're taking those assets and those small balance accounts 
and growing them very quickly, uh, even in a further suggestion that you made as far as doing some options. So we're really pumped about uh, just the, the community and the ways that we can engage to grow resources. Um, I, I refer back to it. What's the book? Um, Richest Man in Babylon. And in that book, one of the, the uh, I can't think of the name of the character, but he talks about making those little soldiers go out and work mm. and have them take the talents that we have and produce them into greater value. And that's just been a wonderful way to see that, that word on paper come to fruition in communities just like HSF. No, I love it. One of my favorite books. I've, uh, I've got a little money on the street, uh, encouraging some young people to read that. So, uh, um, I, I love it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make those little soldiers go out and work, but MJ, you're a great, uh, example, uh, leader for, uh, exactly what, what, what we preach is, you know, not just, I mean, and you could easily focus all of your time and effort on your active job, which you're, what's making you money, but I love that you're taking uh, some of that capital and now you're an investor and you're, you're letting that money work for you. And so you're, you're shifting that over where you're starting to build that passive income and it's not all dependent uh, on, on your active. So it's a, a beautiful analogy and a, and a good example to any of our physicians or dentists who are out there. You know, a lot of times it's good and you've got to go through that phase where you're investing into your own business. That's one of the best investments that you could make. But once you hit that point where you've got that extra capital, it's good to start putting some of that over there to start, start generating some of that passive income and, uh, and partnering with others. So, uh, uh, appreciate you, uh, uh, sharing all that. And, uh, I'm sure a lot of those guys will, uh, like, 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 like the shout outs. Um, so, uh, good stuff. So, you know, let's talk about, um, uh, you know, tell me what you've learned about life in MJ through, uh, training for and completing, Congratulations, uh, the Ironman uh, triathlon. I mean, what, what, what have you learned about life and about yourself through, through that? There's, there's a number of really, really good lessons there. Um, and thank you for asking that question. It, it, it goes straight to my heart. Um, first, there's the why. Um, I remarried a number of years ago. And, but I, I've always treasured the, 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 the concept of marriage. And so as we, you know, as we become more seasoned in life, we meet these other couples that have been married 45 years, 50 years, 60 years. And so there's this burning desire to celebrate a 50th wedding anniversary with my wife. Now, that's about 35 years away. And, but whatever we do today uh, shows up 10 years, and whatever we do 10 years from now shows up 10 years from now. And so the idea was, what can I do that would foster the development and real fruit of this, I want to celebrate 50th wedding anniversary? Well, fitness and exercise and good eating and, and good health would be not the total part of it, but at least create a foundation for it. And so uh, I'd been watching some television coverage about triathlon, stuff like that, and I finally saw coverage uh, just one time happening watching something about Ironman and so there was a gentleman that was, uh, they said that he was doing his 20th Ironman race. He started when he was 55. So I said, that's it. That's the thing. It's not a whole lot of weightlifting. It's just swimming, which I did in high school and college. And I love to swim. Absolutely positively enjoy cycling. 
and running, I'm still learning to love, but it definitely provides great fruit. So as I, the lessons I learned was that you can have, if you've got a significant why, you can take that to apply to any other aspect of your life, whether it, you know, it's, you know, I, I want to have that significant relationship with my wife. I want to have this significant relationship with my children. I want to have this significant relationship with my parents. I, I want to build something that's going to be sustainable and have solid foundation that'll last a long time. Uh, one of the things that happened to me during one of my trainings was I was out on a bike. I was out, I think I was out about 35 miles and I had another 35 to go or something like that. And I was going up a hill and the hill was kicking my butt. And I stopped and I was like, you know, it's easy to get back to the car and go from here. And the thought crossed my mind, anybody can quit. Anybody can quit. And it was just enough to say, I'm not anybody. And you that are listening, you're not anybody. So always be ready to take yourself beyond what you think or perceive your capacities to be because you can accomplish all things. And so I'll share um, this dynamic too in terms of uh, what I also discovered going through this path. I mean, there's lots of time to think. You can, you can get any a number of audio books in, uh, practical applications that you want to study, learn a new language while you're riding a bike or just out doing your thing, uh, whatever it is for you. But I, I, I discovered there's basically three things why we don't accomplish certain tasks, significant tasks, small tasks. One is we don't have the knowledge. And we can gain knowledge now in the time that we live in and so many significant venues, even if it's nothing more than ask Siri or Google it, okay? You can get knowledge to accomplish specific tasks. Uh, once you've got the knowledge, the tools, uh, pardon me, the knowledge to do something, then you need the tools. Now, granted, the tools are a significant point apart. And yes, time is a tool as well, but the things that are significant to us will make time to get them done. So, okay, so we don't want to leave that one off. But overwhelmingly, once you've got the knowledge and the tools, and it could be something like gardening, fixing um, you know, a, 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 a pergola in the back of your yard, whatever the case may be, knowledge and tools, after that, the only reason why we don't accomplish specific tasks is because we don't care. And we always have to be in a posture to want to care enough, not only for our own personal integrity, but for those that we're accountable to, to complete the task that we say we're gonna do. So if we apply those three basic things, there's nothing that we can't do, accomplish, care and share with others for our maximum success in whatever endeavor we choose to do. So rest assured, uh, when it comes to setting a date for a race, and I've got one coming up on June the 9th, I I've got some really solid knowledge through coaches uh, to be prepared for nutrition, uh, training, what I need to do to swim, get better at cycling, stuff like that. I've got the tools. I've invested in wetsuits and swimsuits and goggles and headgear. Um, got the right bike, the right pedals, power meters. Uh, I understand what I need in terms of tools, in terms of fuel, what fluids I have to take in, calorie counts, protein, things of that nature. And you can rest assured, I care enough each and every day to do beyond all the work I do, but to be up at five o'clock, get down to the gym. Uh, if I'm traveling, I we were just together in New Orleans. I worked out while I was in New Orleans because I had the knowledge, I had the tools, and I cared enough to get it done regardless 
of where I was at. So that has enhanced and certainly carried over to my personal life with family, to my business life, even in terms of taking the time to care and share with others. Uh, just being prepared. There were some things and tools we had to do to be prepared for this, even though we had to reschedule. But overwhelmingly, knowledge, tools, and care enough to get it done. I, that has been one of the most significant things that have come out of uh, the Ironman training and the triathlete. I absolutely love it. I'll be doing more of it in time. But it's, it's a very, very special space, a rewarding space to be in. And it's not so much that I've already done it. I'm looking forward to the next race to do it again. Love it. Love your passion. Um, you know, while you were while you were talking, I was just thinking I was, I was I was hoping everybody was 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 using those words to not only apply to their life, but also also business, which, you know, kind of led me to my next question for you. You've been very successful. Um, if you had to start over today mm. and you know, use using the those 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 three rules that you just laid out so beautifully, um, if you had to I mean, if you were a college grad today with, with no money and a, you know, maybe, a, maybe a job, you know, what, what, you know, what would you, you know, how, how would you get started and what would you do if you could start over today, knowing what you know now? Yeah, I think the first thing is that um, overwhelmingly my focus would be more outwardly focused as compared to inward. Um, there, there was, as and I'm, I'm, I'm answering the question specifically individually. Um, there, you know, whether it's hot, you know, Maslow's hierarchy needs, where the case would be, there's still room in our lives where if we have, you know, the right nurturing, the right relationships, uh, that we realize that the more that we're in a posture that we're ready to give of ourselves to others, the things that we want to accomplish or want to achieve are going to come and they'll come so much quicker if we're outwardly focused rather than inwardly focused. I would take those same three things, the the knowledge, gain the knowledge to care and share and, and look outwardly to others, having the tools, the books to read, to actually continue to foster that thought process and then care enough to be consistent about it and not just stop once maybe I've gotten one thing that I wanted by facilitating or, or working with others, but to continue to do it on an ongoing and long-term basis. That, that's, you know, that is a significant question. I, 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 I thank you for that because it's actually a teaching point for others, not so much to tell them, but to ask the question and then uh, allow them to, de to delve deeper into the answer for themselves, because then you go teach it to somebody else. And, and that goes back to Covey, even when he was doing seven habits of highly effective people, the seventh habit is sharpen the saw. Or even when, he's first when he first tells you, as you're doing these, let other people know what you're doing. Be willing to share it with someone else. Don't just keep it to yourself. That even further fosters the idea that, yeah, you want to be able to give, give up yourself to others as compared to looking inwardly in those activities when we're young like that. Well said, well said. So uh, we're coming up on the, on the end of this side of it, but before I let you go, uh, let's talk about, uh, we talked a little bit about legacy on the front, but uh, you know, what, what, what does legacy mean to you? What, you know, what, what it, I know that's a, that's a deep word and we use it a lot, but uh, what does that mean to you? You know, it's, I would say it's been a significant transition. Um, it has changed from the, the capital, the, the houses, the, um, the, the, the hard assets. It's changed significantly into more of a knowledge base. There's so much, and, and that even, even in terms of our own physical bodies, I mean, sharing with our children as we season, you know, the little, the little things that we're experiencing in terms of changes and 
and sleep habits or diet or, or exercise, or even as we continue to go to the physician and we get our checkups, the things that we, we discover in those meetings, PSA levels, whatever the case may be. Uh, there's no need for us to hold that knowledge. We can share that with our children, nieces and nephews, whatever the case may be. Have those fluid conversations. Legacy has transitioned so much more to the knowledge and information side than the, than the assets. The assets are being there, we're building those sort of thing. Those things will flow on, you know, making sure that, you know, the grandsons, they, they get a little bit for school, but then not, the, the real lion's share of assets doesn't come until you're 30. Those are things that are in place, that's great. But how and why it was established that way is more important in the teaching, as well as what they do when that day when 30 comes, how they can utilize and maintain just the interest from it, or maybe some of the cash flows coming from it, rather than the principal component, because that's where we, that's where we lose um, without that knowledge being shared for those that come behind us. So knowledge is, that's, that's the part I'm passionate about, have been for about a good year now, and living into it as I continue to share, regardless of age group. Um, when, you know, we, we're talking about family right now, but you know, when we're having those other dynamics, that we care and share. I mean, I, I made an appointment, I, I'm going, but I made an appointment with my attorney based on some stuff that you and I talked about last week. But as soon as I get that knowledge, I'm gonna be sharing it with others the same way you care to share with me. That, that's legacy more than anything else. It's the knowledge that we can share. Yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. You've been a fantastic guest. Made my job really easy, MJ. Thank you. So, uh, thank, thank you. Um, you know, to 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 our listeners, uh, to our clients on on the private side. Hope you got a lot of that. A lot of good good information. Hope you were paying attention. Uh, thank you, MJ. Um, we are gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, thank you for allowing us uh, to help you guys on on your route to your freedom and legacy. And uh, thank you, MJ, for being a part of our community and a, and a, a part of a part of my life and and uh, in our community. Really appreciate you. Uh, I'll give you the uh, any 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 parting words or uh, anything you want to leave us with. No, I just uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to care and share. Thank you for the person that you are, the community that you're building. This is a wonderful platform for anyone that's in practice profession uh, beyond even beyond the dentistry world. Uh, that you can engage and have success riding on the coattails of Forrest, the, the wonderful uh, individuals that teach legacy, that teach investing, that teach practice management within HSA. Hang close on his coattails because without a doubt, you're not going to be in a bad space. It's going to be a wonderful ride and just go ahead and take full advantage of it. But again, thank you for the opportunity of our friendship, our relationship, and just a platform to care and share for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, MJ. And thank you for listening to the High Speed Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye, everybody. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast. This is Forrest Bryant. We've got a really great episode for you uh, on, on this episode. Um, we've got Mark Jackson uh, from Investor Comps Online and Atlanta Discount Home Deals and America's Discount Home Deals. And I uh, just want to tell you a few things that uh, you're, we've got in store for you here. Had a really great uh, interview. Tune in and keep listening to find out about uh, how a young Mark Jackson got robbed at gunpoint three times when he was a young man, um, how to uh, uh, listen to the story about uh, how he started in accounting and then he ended up in operations and how uh, that changed his trajectory and also uh, led him to his first investment property 
and uh, also ultimately led uh, to him reviewing his first appraisal that uh, changed his, was his inspiration for going into the appraisal business. Um, get to hear uh, what he's reading right now and his favorite quote. Um, also, you're really gonna love this. Uh, you're gonna hear Mark's comments on some different real estate markets across the US. We commented on Houston, Sarasota, Baltimore, Detroit, Huntsville, Gary, Atlanta, and Tampa. So if you're in any of those markets, you don't wanna miss this. Uh, tune in for Mark's definition of freedom. Um, and also on the, uh, on, on the backside, on the private client only side, uh, you get to listen in and hear what Mark is actually investing in outside of his own company and his own single family uh, investments. And he'll share some of the things that he's getting into, uh, multifamily and some other alternative investments. You go tune in to, uh, to hear more about that. Um, also on the, on the, on the backside, uh, Mark revealed what he really learned about himself in training for uh, the Ironman Marathon and uh, what he learned uh, through that process that can help you in your life and also in your business. So uh, you don't want to miss that. Um, it, to give you, get, give you his three rules, uh, number one, get knowledge. Number two, uh, get, get, the right, get the right knowledge, get the right tools, and uh, care enough to get it done. So uh, from the words of MJ. and um, also had uh, his definition of legacy on the backside. So uh, thank you, uh, MJ. We've got a we've got a great show. So uh, here it is. Don't go anywhere. We wanted to take a second and thank our legacy sponsors. We wanted to thank Chaley Ridge from Ridge Lending Group. Ridge Lending Group is a second generation residential and investment property financing company. They do a fantastic job. So if you're looking for investment property or residential, so check in, check in with Chaley and uh, they can help you get that process done. Um, also wanna uh, thank Mo Matthews with the Fresh Start team. Uh, Mo and his team do a great job in the single family space, among other things, and uh, single family in uh, Richmond, Virginia, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Jackson, Mississippi. So uh, we appreciate uh, Ridge Lending Group and the Fresh Start team, Mo and Chaley. Thank you guys for being our sponsors for the podcast. Thank you. See you soon. Hey, this is Forrest Bryant. Just a reminder, we are in a highly regulated industry. We are a uh, securities licensed registered investment advisory firm. And we take uh, the, the rules and regs very seriously. So just want to remind you that if you're listening to this podcast, that you should not make any decisions based on anything you hear on this show. Uh, this is uh, uh, for information only. This is education. Uh, we hope you enjoy listening, but please don't make any uh, decisions based on anything you hear here. Uh, this is a blanket information and it's for public consumption and doesn't have anything to do. We don't, we don't know anything about you personally. Um, so uh, check with an advisor to make decisions for your risk tolerance objectives and time horizon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the High Speed Podcast. Our podcasts are supported by our legacy sponsors, Mo Matthews with the Fresh Start team, Dave and Josh Steck with Just Be The Bank, and David Babinski with Stonegate Assisted Living Development Company. Connect with these or any of our incredible sponsors. Please see the show notes or go to highspeedalliance.com. As with any information regarding finances or investments, 
content on this and all episodes are opinions and general non-personal information. Please seek professional advice when making any decisions regarding your business, finances, investments, or future. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming live events. Details can be found at highspeedalliance.com. Please like our podcast and share it with other like-minded professionals. Thanks for listening.